Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future Technologies, poised to transform our lives for better or worse, are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending where you are in the world. This is Tracy Murda on behalf of Richard Jacobs here at Future Tech Podcast. Today I have an amazing guest with me, Danny Cabrera, the CEO and co-founder of BioBot. Danny, thank you so much for joining me and giving me some of your time today. Absolutely, Tracy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, BioBot is an absolutely incredible company. Why don't you start off and tell me a little bit about yourself and how you really dove into 3D printing. What got you started in this industry? Sure. Well, I mean, first of all, let's start off. I mean, BioBots is um, to, to start up. Uh, we're building 3D printers that can print living tissues um, made out of human cells and other compatible materials. And uh, the way I got into this was, I mean, this was really a project that spun out of, of undergraduate research that I was working on um, with a friend of mine, and you know, having having been doing a lot of research throughout undergrad um, and totally biology research and totally buying into the idea that, that biology was going to be the, the technology of the future um, if it's not already. Um, you know, we, we use biology to make, to make lots of useful products, um, lots, of, lots of great medicines that save lives, and um, you know, it, it's, it's what we use to, to feed ourselves. Um, so you know, having, having totally bought into the, that idea that we were the applications for biology were only going to be increasing over time. I uh, you know, started thinking about what were the limitations that were, what were some of the things that were stopping us from really designing and engineering living things today. And coming from a computer science background, applying that to biology, um, one of the things that sort of instantly struck me was how how manual biology was. You know, for for being the most sophisticated technology that we have, um, we really do it in a fairly primitive way. Uh, mainly having graduate students and postdocs running around and moving little tiny volumes of liquid and out of tiny plastic tubes by hand. Uh, so I thought that you know there must be some way to bring some more automation to the field. That was one one of the things, one of the challenges. And uh, the second was that you know, most of biology to date has been done on on flat two-dimensional petri dishes. So these are cells that are cultured on flat surfaces um, and they exist in two-dimensional space. Um, and the, the world is not a two-dimensional place. It's really a three-dimensional place. And, uh, and cells inside of our bodies and inside of pretty much every other living thing um, interact with each other in 3D space. Um, so the fact that we've been using these you know, sort of primitive models uh, for over 100 years has really only been limiting our, our ability to understand and, and build more, more useful living things. So I um, started thinking about a, you know, a tool that, that could sort of marry those two things. And I was uh, working with a, with a buddy of mine uh, who, who was building a, a 3D printer that could that could print living cells, and I uh, instantly thought that that could you know, solve uh, both the problems or at least begin to address them. Um, you know, 3D printer is a digital fabrication tool that you interface uh, interface with using your computer, uh, literally lines of code. Um, so you can begin to get rid of some of that manual manual error. I mean, it's a robot. So we'll do the same thing over and over again every time. And second, by being a 3D printer, it allows you to, to really build three-dimensional living things and addresses the, you know, the issue of flat or 2D two, two, two two-dimensional 
um, tissue cultures that we've been dealing with. So I thought it was a, it was a great tool that could uh, really you know, have the promise to reinvent the, the stack of tools or you know, the infrastructure that we have for doing biology today and uh, really bring it closer to the types of tools, the types of application technologies that we're used to in the 21st century. Let's talk a little bit more about you and what le really let you know that this was the right area or field of business for you. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if there was uh, necessarily an aha moment. I think, like you know, like I said, it was I, I bought into the idea that biology um, was you know the most significant, uh, the most interesting, definitely the biggest mystery that we have um, today uh, that we could explore and use to solve all of mankind's problems, or as many of them as you could definitely think of since we're living things ourselves. And, uh, and I wanted to, I mean, for, for a long time, I wanted to spend time understanding biology, building models that allow us to design and engineer it. And, um, and this is just a step in that direction. I'm not, I I'm not saying that it's uh, you know, necessarily the NLP, but there's, there's mm -hmm. definitely a lot of room to, to grow um, within, this, within this space. And you know, it's a small sort of new, new company uh, we're still definitely trying to figure out uh, the best the best ways for us to to move forward and think about the types of tools, the type of company that we that we're becoming. So, Danny, tell me about the technology that Biobot uses, and especially the Biobot One Three D printer. Sure. Yeah. I mean, so um, you know, the first uh, this one is really our, our second generation device. Um, uses um, I mean, it looks like a traditional 3D printer and uh, has a print head that moves in three axes, you know, X, Y, and Z. And um, that print head, instead of being you know, filled with plastic or, or some, some sort of resin in our devices, is, is filled with a mixture of living cells and different biocompatible materials. And it uh, uses a pneumatic system, so basically compressed air, to to push that material out of a out of a nozzle and uh, deposit it in three-dimensional space. And there are a number of different ways, a number of different methods that we use to, to turn that material from liquid um, into a solid without filling all of the cells. Um, they involve using light, um, stretching lights on the material to turn it from liquid to a solid. There are also chemical methods and uh, thermal methods that we use for crossing heat. But when, when it's done printing, you basically have a, a construct or a three-dimensional object that contains cells inside of it. And um, culturing that over the course of, of days, weeks, or, or months uh, allows it to, it allows the cells to grow and form and develop into, into a tissue that, that scientists uh, can use to, to understand how, how tissues form. Um, and also, you know, more generally, more general principles about biology and also use those tissues for, for various different applications, ranging from um, using them to, to test new, new drugs more, in a much more realistic setting and uh, sort of reduce the risk of clinical trials. Uh, you know, uh, also, some of these are being used to, to fabricate medical devices that are going into animals and eventually will be going into people. And, um, and more generally, we see it as a, as a way for, for scientists to, to begin building more than anything, designing and building uh, three-dimensional living things where that's been impossible or a major challenge in the past. So how far off do you see or do you feel that it is that we'll be able to use this type of technology actually in humans? Um, well, I mean, it's, it's, 
it's been it's been used in, in humans as one-offs um, mm-hmm. you know, at different at different points in times, and um, you know, the, the technology is developing. I think the, the the most critical challenge is to biology, um, really understanding how 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 living things are interacting when when you implant something into a human, you don't uh, necessarily know what's gonna happen until you do it. So um I mean they're they're gonna be one off cases or they're already one off use cases for this stuff, um as far as like when they're gonna be FDA approved products. I you know, I don't I don't have a date and I don't I don't fully know. Uh, we're really in the business of, of building the tools and our customers are the ones who are using those tools uh to build really amazing and incredible products and we're we're kind of here along the way to support them. So that brings up an interesting question when you say customers. Who are we talking about? Who is this sort of technology, the 3D, you know, biobot printing? Who's that available to, realistically? I mean, um, it's, it's, uh, it's scientists, people who have access to, to, to labs where they can grow their own cells, uh, potentially um, and, and, and test, 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 biological, test living things. So it's scientists that have access to labs. And um, there are people in pharma companies and medical device companies and in, in academic institutions, cosmetics companies, um, and agriculture. I mean, it's basically any, anybody who's doing any life science uh, related work, um, they, can, they can use tools and, and a large part of them are. Are there any industries in particular that you see benefiting from this 3D printing? I mean, like, like I said, you know, any any industry that's touched touched by living things uh, can benefit mm-hmm. from it. Uh, to date, I think uh, you know, definitely on the pharmaceutical side, there's been you know, there's, there's been just, the pharmaceutical industry just has a really really pressing need to to bring down the cost of drug development. And mm-hmm. any tool that offers them more more realistic um, models for for testing drugs, uh, preclinical trials, is um, is valuable to them. So there's uh, definitely a big financial incentive um, on that side. Uh, today, but uh, but I think you know more generally speaking, these you know our, our tools, our products, are, are products that that are applicable and useful to anybody or any, any company, any industry that touches living things. What are some of the the current challenges or limitations of the this sort of technology, the bio three D printing? Sorry, can you repeat the question? Sure. What are some of the current limitations, or maybe a better word is challenges, that you're facing with the the bio 3D printing? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know definitely without a doubt the the biggest challenge that our customers face is understanding the biology. Um, you know, for we we were you know we can we can build great great robots that do the same exact thing every time that are very precise and uh, that can do exactly what. You know, create exactly what, what's designed on a computer, but uh, what happens after that, or how the biology works? I mean, there really aren't great models for that right now, and uh, our understanding of, of the biology is extremely limited. Um, so, so we're at this. You know, our tools are enabling the scientists to do a lot of the basic research and begin to understand um, and you know, really, really build some more predictive power into into the biology. But at this point, um, it's really a it's really a huge mystery. So, Danny, when it comes to the benefits for companies and in, in scientists and things like that using this technology, what, what are we talking about are some of the biggest benefits? Is it eventually cost-saving, you know, being able to test and work with tissues and things like that? What exactly are, are they looking for? I mean, there are you know, major cost savings um, versus doing things by hand because you get repeatability. 
out of these systems, uh, which is of paramount, paramount importance. Uh, there's also there, there's just an added benefit of being able to do things in 3D, um, which ends up being a lot better mimic of the human body than, than a flat two-dimensional model. So in that case, I mean, you can call that cost savings, you can call it time savings, uh, you can call it you know, whatever you like. And um, I think bigger, bigger picture-wise, um, this is uh, just this is you know the, the world. The world knows uh, this is coming. Um, you know, we're, we are moving towards automating biology and. Uh, Having much more sophisticated ways of, of doing biology, and um, really, this is the first. This is the first step in a major stack, in a ma major reform in the stack of tools that we use to to do biology. So, if you would give me an idea or an example of something that the the 3D bioprinter could make, and what kind of time are you looking at on on creating something in whole? Um, I mean, yeah, sure. So I can just walk you through from one of our customers. Yeah, that'd be um, awesome. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, um, Alika is a professor at uh, Harvard, and um, he was one of our one of our first um, one of our first customers. And he has a he has a student working on a project to 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 build a basically a three dimensional tissue model for for thrombosis. Um, so, you know, basic basic fibrosis model that could be, you know, that was more realistic than a flat dimensional tissue culture, and even more than that, more realistic than, um, than for example, a rat, which is a, the workhorse in, in a lot of these uh, in a lot of these models. And you could use these you know, this three D tissue model to then test new drugs uh, for thrombosis um, or for fibrosis in general, um, and figure out what's going to be you know, what's going to work best and what's going to be non toxic to humans. It's your test since this is going to be built out of human cells. Uh, so you know, over the course of a few months, a uh, student was able to quickly you know, design, iterate on a 3D tissue model that was a mixture of biomaterials um, and, and living human cells uh, to create really the first thrombosis on a chip model, which is basically a small device about the size of your pinky that, uh, that is built out of human cells and mimics thrombosis in humans. Um, so you know, that's sort of that's some of the, some an example of some of the things that people are doing, uh, trying to trying to build tissues that, that mimic the function of the human body, um, that are entirely built built entirely of the human cells, I mean not animal cells, and uh, that you can use to test new compounds, new drugs, or you know new new biologies. And that's happening now. I mean that's a, that's a published published paper. Uh, that, that anybody can can access and, and incredible. So you, you're probably gonna laugh at me when I ask this, but if you can like describe to me what a finished product from the the printer would look like. Like I'm thinking of you know like you see it on TV shows and all of these things. I mean, are these finished products really looking like? Organs or tissues, or you know, what are we kind of looking at from a realistic standpoint? Right. Yeah. So I mean, no, nobody, nobody really knows the best way to, to build a fully functioning, you know, complicated organ just yet. So they definitely, they don't look like hearts. Um, people are building small pieces of tissue. Uh, like, like I was saying, it's uh, something that probably wouldn't look like much um, if you're looking at it with the naked eye. But if you're looking at it, at it under the microscope. And it's, uh, these are very complex three-dimensional tissues that have multiple different cell types um, interacting in, in something that looks maybe not 100% like a native tissue, but um, mm -hmm. very similar. Uh, so, you know, from the, thing, the things that people are printing, generally speaking, are fairly small, um, on the orders of a few, a few millimeters or centimeters. And um, 
but uh, but the, but they function in in ways that are very complex. Okay, that that helps, and that totally changes my <laughs> what I had going on inside my head. I know that for sure. So, Danny, what are some of the ultimate goals of Biobots? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think really the, the ultimate goal of Biobots is to to help uncover uh, this mystery, uncover the mystery of life, and begin to use life, design life, and engineer life in ways that are useful for humans. And um, if you look around the room right now, uh, you're probably in a room, has a door, humans are really great at building buildings and doors and computers or phones like the ones we're talking on. Uh, But really the most sophisticated thing in the the room that you're sitting in is is yourself. It's, It's life. It's Something that's live, and we have no idea how that how that technology works. Um, we don't really know how to build living things. Technology that's been evolving over the course of you know, billions of years, and uh, we're just now beginning to scratch the surface of how it works. So we um, we really hope that by having tools that allow us to you know, to precisely design and engineer living things, uh, we'll be able to you know us or, and our customers will be able to address some of humanity's greatest challenges. Uh, things like helping us, you know, eliminate disease or um, eliminate the organ waiting list or even, you know, help remediate the environment so we can stay living on Earth for as long as possible. Or even, you know, help us engineer ourselves so that we can live in, in outer space and potentially in other planets. So that's um, sort of what we see the applications or the, the bigger visions and the bigger bigger goals or some, some, of the, some of the reasons why we're doing this. I love it. Are there any final thoughts that you could share with our listeners on biobots and, and just in general the the technology of 3D printing and where it's going? Yeah, I mean, so I think you know bioprinting oftentimes gets looped into um, this bigger you know 3D printing phenomenon that's been taking over the world for the last couple of years. Um, and in many ways, it is part of it, uh, but in in other ways, it's just a little bit different. Um, you know, 3D. 3D bioprinting or you know, bioprinting is really it's a great tool for for having gaining control over over geometries out of living things, and um, way of how we use that and how, how we use that to to understand how life works is still developing, and uh, we're still trying to figure that out. But um, we're definitely excited to be at the early stages of it and providing you know, building tools for for great scientists. Who are, who are in their own small ways uh, figuring out some of the deepest mysteries surrounding life and then using them to, to help people, to help people live longer, healthier, um, better lives. And Danny, for someone who's looking for more information on biobots, where is a, a good place to grab some information and maybe contact your organization? I mean, well, definitely the, the best place is um, on our website. We have a section, it's actually just buildwithlife.com. Um, that'll we we basically have open sourced um, or opened up uh, you know made public a lot of our a lot of our research and uh, are trying to communicate not just to scientists uh, how they can use mm-hmm. these tools and some of the applications but to the general public um, what are some of you know where's the technology really at and what are some of the applications today and you know even some ways that you can get involved so I would say the best way to begin is buildwithlife.com and um, that'll lead you straight to our website and from there you know, the world's your oyster. I love it. Well, Danny, thank you so much for being my guest today. Danny Cabrera, CEO and founder of BioBot. I really appreciate your time, and we look forward to seeing where this all takes you and continuing on this journey with you all. 
Absolutely, yeah. Thank you for having me, and uh, have a great rest of the day. All right. Thanks so much, Danny. Have a good one. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.